Hi everyone, welcome to episode 45 of the Artistically You podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Today we have a great, great podcast with uh, Patrick Lane. We are going to talk about mindset. So I hope you enjoyed. There were some great uh, nuggets, I think, of wisdom for us to talk about. And at the end, he gives a practical advice to you of an exercise that you can do to maybe stop this negative thoughts that we have many times. Um, I know I'm guilty of that. So I hope you enjoy. And I thank you so much, Patrick, for coming to the podcast. So here's Patrick. Welcome to the Artistically You podcast, where mixed media art is a place for all. Here, we are going to talk about art as a mindful practice, connect with our creativity, and embrace curiosity. This is your host, mixed media artist, Jana Oliveira. Patrick, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thanks for having me. Great, great to be here. Yeah, and Patrick said, I told you guys in the beginning, we, we, I met from Mazarin, which you guys know, we had several um, podcast episodes with her. And she introduced me to his content because she knew it was all about what I like. And Patrick, this podcast is not about just art. I, I like to bring to my listeners and viewers that are watching the video because I don't believe art is just something pretty you put in your walls right? I believe art is healing. I believe in, in the energy of art because we are creators with energy that are creating the art. And I also like the podcast to discuss hard talks and to discuss tools, how to help them to have wellness, mindfulness, letting go of some shadow work that they have to do, right? So, and that's why after we had that talk on the art talk, I said, wow, I need my listeners to listen to this because it was very powerful. But before, tell people a little bit what you do today with this kind of work that you do about mindset and also optimizing your health, right? Yeah. So first of all, it's kind of funny that you talk about art uh, like that because I I was just talking with Impact at our wave group earlier in the day on Thursday, and it was all we were talking about how society really completely devalues art. Yeah. And and I can tell you that that for me, growing up, being into the sciences and then into math, I was always pushed away from art and never really liked it. And it was always I always labeled myself as a, a art now and run far away from art as possible. In fact, my brother. My brother is similar in that way. He's an accountant, really good with numbers. He would he would have art projects in school, and he would he would scribble with a crayon all over the thing that he had to color, and then he would get the scissors and cut it out. And the teachers hated that. Teachers hated that because oh because you got to stay in the lines, right? You got to do everything perfect. But it's just it's really. I mean, I, as I've kind of developed uh, much more significant appreciation for art than I certainly had when I was younger, but I feel like society pushes us away from art, but you're, yeah. you're probably very familiar with that. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit on your website, which I have here, Let's Get Fit Faced. You talk about helping people optimizing their health. And so yeah. what what's, what that means? So, yeah, it means a lot of things, right? It's the to a lot of people that might sound like that 
that might sound like nutrition, watch what you eat. Mm-hmm. Eat less and move more. That's what society mm-hmm. tells you to do, right? Yes. Uh, but it's about so much more than that. It's about the the way that you feel when you're eating. I always say that it doesn't matter what you eat. You can reach every goal you want. You can you can look the way you want, reach every physical goal you want and every medical goal you want, health-wise speaking. It doesn't matter what you eat. What matters is the way that you feel about what you eat. So if, you're, mm-hmm. if, you, if you can think about, all right, how do I feel when I'm getting ready to eat this chocolate cake or this broccoli mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and then, and then recognize and be in touch with your feelings on how you feel while you're eating it, and then, of mm-hmm. course, after eating it. So mm-hmm. those three... The, being in touch with the feelings associated with those three different little mm-hmm. timestamps is really critical towards towards your overall health. Because if mm-hmm. you're sitting there and you're and you're restricting yourself and thinking, "Oh, this is horrible," but I'm going to eat it anyway. Well, that's mm-hmm. there's a disconnect there, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's the, that's the issue that we have to fix is the overall mm-hmm. feeling and how do you do that? So, so the biggest step towards that is really developing. A relationship between your feelings and your conscious, right? So it's yes, like a mind-body yeah. connection, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. and becoming aware of those feelings. And and the more aware we become of our feelings, and the more we begin to accept them and give ourselves permission to feel those ways, and rather than feeling guilty and feeling bad about the way that we feel, that's mm-hmm. the biggest. That's the biggest step. The biggest hurdle for people to to get over once once we get past that point then it's just about okay we can look at your breathing we can look at your habits we can look at your relationship with your phone we can look at other things in your life that are serving you and helping you towards those goals and other things that may be holding you back from those goals mm-hmm. um, and, and we look at everything right it's, it's it's your relationship with your work people your kids everything social media all of it but also you you help a lot and and we talked a lot about that in our last talk about mindset right yeah. and i have so many topics here that i want to dig in but one of your main works right now would you say is about mindset with people yes so one thing that i one thing about this health and wellness industry if you will is it's full mm-hmm. of buzzwords mm-hmm. it's full, people people latch on to these buzzwords and then they and then they they roll with them. It's like it's, yes. it's a mindset is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Mindset is everything. That's that's the cliche statement, and I don't. That's not wrong. Mm-hmm. However, however, when you say fix your mindset, right? Which I spent a lot of time. My son is thirteen. I used to I used to gripe at him all the time. Fix your mindset. Fix your mindset. But that doesn't help. Like yeah. telling you, you don't have impact on people, and you can't just by telling somebody to fix your mindset doesn't doesn't get the job done, right? So nope. So Especially for the thirteen-year-old. <laughs> yeah, well, but, yeah, but that, but that's also why I'm hesitant to use those words because because it's it's the it's way so that used, yeah. it's overused. Yeah. And what does it really mean, right? right? And so when we talk when we talk about mindsets, what we're really talking about is is your feelings, yes. right? So how the connection between what feels good and what doesn't feel good. The connection between do, does it feel like I'm in alignment, right? Or I'm mm-hmm. I'm moving in the right direction. We all have we all know we talked about intuition last time, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know yes. that we all have that voice in our head. The, yes. the voice that tells us these things and, and I, good and bad. We have both voices in our head, right? And and the biggest thing about about that intuitive voice is that nobody here, no no human being that I've ever met or talked to or heard from 
can't ever demonstrate that they made a mistake as a result of listening to their intuition. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen, right? So, so when you talk about mindset, when people when people say mindset, what does mindset mean to me? It's it's about really, really getting in touch with that intuitive voice. Really, really recognizing every thought. Sometimes when you get a compliment from somebody, you may think, "Oh, they're just being nice." Oh, they're just being that. That that certainly happens, right? But what if you actually could train yourself to be so naive to actually believe every compliment you receive, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's mindset. Now you, but, but, and, and there are surely there are some people in your life that you maybe, maybe they're fake or they're just saying things to say to them and you don't really feel that it's sincere. Okay. I understand that. But if, but if the person's being genuine, why are you feeding yourself feeding your soul, if you will, with this negative self-talk of, oh, no, I'm not good enough. That's not, that's, that's not really me. It doesn't look good. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So that's all, that's all mindset, but it all goes back to sort of recognition and awareness of your thoughts and recognition of your feelings. And when, mm-hmm. you can, when you can recognize your thoughts and how it feels and link together your thoughts with the feelings, then you can kind of begin a snowball effect because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's both ways, right? It either it's either spiraling down or, or spiraling upwards. So if you're if you if you're having negative negativity breeds negativity, right? So negative mm-hmm. thought breeds negative thought, positive thought breeds positive thought, and so you have these two inverted cones, and nothing, nothing, nothing exists right here. And mm-hmm. it's, it's either it's either up above or it's below. Nothing exists right on it. So mm-hmm. the challenge the challenge is evaluate where that thought lies is it a little bit above or a little bit below and sometimes obviously it's it's really obvious it's either really high or really low mm-hmm. but that's the, that's the biggest so challenge. that is the kind of work you do with people in your program yes but also you are very active on linkedin and i have your linkedin here which is patrick lane and you're gonna find here or you can put patrick dash lane that fit faced and then you're gonna find him as well and you have a something that you have called wave that you do now mm-hmm. i know like twice a week to get all kinds of audience so talks a little bit before we dive more in what you said about the wave meetups that you do so yeah it's ultimately it was a group created we wanted to create a safe place where people could have these conversations because mm-hmm. these conversations aren't very popular and it mm-hmm. tends it tends to be a lonely place. Yes. So so we thought what if we can create a safe place for mm-hmm. people to to reference real world examples and for people to heal hear real world examples from yes. other people. A place for engagement, a place for support, a place to gain inspiration, a place for high vibrating people to meet. And and sort of, if you want to say, on the leading edge or in that in that lonely space, to be able to come together and share perspectives, and we right. gain. It's a, it's a very respectful place where, sure, we don't always agree, but but it's always very respectful, and it's always very. It's it's good to see the different perspectives from different people, right? But it, yeah. But it's also it's also not just about. So I think. Where everybody, everybody in the group recognizes that none of us are sitting here at the top of the mountain. In fact, we all recognize there is no top of the mountain. Right. It's, it's a continuous climb upwards forever and ever and ever and ever, and it, and it never ends. So we're all a work in progress. Yeah, I, I think what is missing today, and I include myself, I think we all have to practice 
the exercise of listening to others' opinions oh, yeah. is so missing today because it's so everything is so polarized mm -hmm. that people start to be afraid of telling really what they think in many kind of instances. I'm not gonna lie that sometimes I'm one of them because I am a Latina and I have many thoughts about many issues that happens in this country, but I don't expose all of them. And sometimes it's not fear. Sometimes I just, sometimes I don't know if people are gonna understand. The question is about what you're saying, right? Is the question that you have to ask yourself is, does it serve you to bring these things up? Does it serve exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. If the answer is yes, if the answer is yes, then great. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not really about other people. It's not really about other. Mm. If, if you're witnessing injustices or witnessing things, you know, of course, in this country, yeah, there are, there are a lot of injustices. But but ultimately, what can you do to to help? And mm -hmm. if you're not serving you, and if yeah. you're and yeah, if, like, if you're serving yourself, what yes, you that's such a good point. I I didn't think about that. That's such a great point. And sometimes. I do share some things that happens in my life as a mother of autistic person because and and that I clearly know how it serves me. It serves me in the point that I want to educate people. I want people to be more aware that maybe their mother or that person bumps you when they're walking because they really don't have awareness of space, for example. Mm -hmm. So don't be mad. Don't be so harsh. Right. You don't know if that person has an issue. So I, here and there, I put on my stories these things that happens because it happens. Sometimes people say things to us and, and yeah. to my son. So I just to clarify and educate people. And so that is a service. But you are so right. Sometimes you we have to, to learn. But again, back into the point of having that group, it's, I think it's such a great exercise to feel comfortable and to feel that people are going to accept what you're saying despite of agreeing or not, right? Today, I think we are very fast to say, you say something like, oh, but you, you need to have this other point, which is valid, but we want to expose our point as well. People want us to always leave our points to get to their point. And there is a lack of listening nowadays, right? So, and that's the conversations you have. So now you have Thursdays, and you can, the way you can join this, you can go to Patrick's LinkedIn, right? And then people are going to see when you have the events. Is that what? Actually, the, I, I, I'll put it up there. The, the page is called Life's Away. Uh, yes, but... there is another page on LinkedIn. And if you go to his, then you can find that. And Life is a Wave is a LinkedIn page, right? Then if you follow that page, then you get notifications. So I want to talk a little bit about as many artists may listen to this. And, and it's a problem that we all have in society. It's not just artists, but it's imposter syndrome. And has so much to do with what you talk with us and what you were saying before. Because imposter syndrome is thinking people have to like you, right? And all that. So can you talk a little bit about you said something so interesting that you what you should care is what you think that person is thinking not what they're thinking right and it took a little second for us in the conversation to get that coin down <laughs> 
And I had a question, but first, I wanted to talk a little bit about that, that imposter syndrome and when really doesn't matter what the other person is thinking, but what you thinking about them. Yeah, so so perfect example of what I mentioned earlier about somebody showering you with compliments. It doesn't matter whether they mean it or whether they don't mean it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how sincere they are. What matters is whether or not you think they think it. So it's all about what you think, not about what they think. So mm. that's why we say what 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 you think they think matters, not what right. they think matters, right? And so it, it's really, it, and, and it can be a challenge if, well, how can, if I think that person is not sincere, then how can I sit here and think to myself that they're, that these things are true, right? So you can put, mm-hmm. but you can psychoanalyze anything. You can, true. right, you can screw yourself out of, out of a good thing anytime you want. Yeah. Ultimately, it's just the recognition that it's what I think that matters. It's not what I've even had people before. They tell me something, and I get all happy, and I start smiling, and then they they try to correct. Like, no, no, this is what I meant. It's like I, I actually don't need that. I, I, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is what I think you think, and you just said enough that now I think mm-hmm. that I'm this great or this is this good or whatever. It doesn't even have to be about me. So, so but. Okay, I'm going to do the devil's advocate. Okay, then maybe it can be a question that people that no. are listening can have. Okay, so that's that's fine. But what if I think, oh, people love my art, and so-and-so loves my art, but then you get there and you don't sell your art, or you think so-and-so loves me, but they go and bully you, or they say something bad to you. So then you kind of can think, wow, it really doesn't matter what I think about them because it was wrong. No. See, see, the difference is, so it still only matters what you think. So mm-hmm. if, you think if you think your art is good, mm-hmm. then, then that's going to allow your art to be better. If you're doing a painting yes. and you're thinking, oh, this is going to be horrible, then it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be horrible. But if, you, if you, you're going to be more creative when you think it's good. Now, if you go to this example and you say, okay, I think it's good. I think it's good. So I'm going to go to this art show and I sell nothing. Well, the question that I would ask you is, what does that feel like? Because Mm -hmm. remember, at the beginning of this conversation, we talked about it's yes, it's awareness of your thoughts and recognition of your thought. And does it is that a good thought or a serving thought or a non-serving thought? But Mm -hmm. also we have to be aware of our feelings. So if you go to the art show and nothing sells and you feel awful, well, then then you have to reevaluate why you're there. Because if you love your art and you think it's amazing and you go to the art show mm-hmm. and you don't sell anything, who cares? Mm-hmm. Unless you, is your purpose to sell art or is your purpose to live through the art and to, to enjoy the art? And to- I think also a, a, a mindset that you can have is this particular art fair, whatever I went, didn't have the right people for my art. There you go. Yeah. So you learn you learn that, right? That's that's mm-hmm. contrast. And Which you, is very common with art fairs. Some art fairs are not great for artists. <laughs> let's yeah. let's say the truth. I participate in some art fairs here in Palm Beach and you can see that people go more to buy their banana cake and then to buy art, right? So it's it's you well, you have we, to be we, conscious about that and not not get that failure think, oh my art sucks. 
Well, it's what we talked about in the beginning of this conversation. Society devalues art to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. And art is really something that is, it's very subjective, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you see some of the things that sell for $100,000, a million dollar painting. I mean, mm-hmm. look at them. Like, to me, it's like, what, why did that, what's so valuable about that? But it doesn't matter what <laughs> I think. Yeah. And also, something interesting about that is about this validation is that when I went to a particular art fair, I sold, but I didn't sell, you know, what I think I should have sold there, or like, I don't think it was enough, right, to participate more in that particular fair. So, but what was I, I actually left with a great feeling because I had so much validation about my art over there. Like people would stop and people would say it's so beautiful. I love this. And I don't know. And instead of putting like, wow, they didn't buy because they don't like it. No, I saw that people like it, but you never know people's situation, right? Maybe in that moment they didn't. But what if that sparked them to follow you? I, I gave many cards. So you never know. So we have to be open to the experience you're taking so that now you're reminding me of so you're, you're taking score too early right mm-hmm. you're you're putting a deadline you're putting you're you're attaching to an outcome yes. you're saying you're saying that i think just about my art so that means i need to go to this this specific art and show sold out and it's got to do this much yeah. well so so there's so many things wrong with that because number one you're you're letting external forces you're relying on external forces to provide validation right yeah which is which is dangerous and then number two you're you're now putting a an artificial qualification or or deadline it's a deadline because you're saying it has to be done at this art fair so that means it's got to be done on this day Mm -hmm. and 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 you're also putting you're attaching to an outcome all of these things are going to suppress your creativity because now you you're, you're creating a list of expectations. Yeah. It's got to be this way, this way, this way. And that's it's not creativity. But you also have to recognize what it feels like. If you're sitting at the art show and it doesn't feel good, then then maybe you shouldn't go to art shows. Yes. I mean, then you should maybe just sell it online or yeah. figure out another option. But if it's not, if it, if it feels, if it, if it just doesn't feel right, then that's, that's a sign that you're out of alignment. So then you mm-hmm. have to reevaluate, why am I creating this art in the first place? Am I creating it because it's therapeutic, because it's serving to me? Or am I creating it because I'm trying to meet some standards set forth by society? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and as far as the other, the other point you raised about, about well, what if, I, what if I think somebody loves me and they don't? Well, mm-hmm. if that's the case, if that's the case, you will, you, when you go meet with that person, first of all, I would say, I would say you can only love someone that loves you back. And they're, they're, I know that's probably, we could probably go into a whole hour of, of the, or more discussion about that specific statement. And that's yeah. a dangerous thing. But, but also I would say that if that is the case, if you, if you feel like you love someone and you go to hang out with them and they don't love you back, well, you're going to know, you're not going to feel good. Is that going to feel good? That ain't going to feel good. You're going to notice you're out of alignment. You're going to notice, wait a minute, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel right your intuitive voice is going to speak to you and let you know that that doesn't feel right. So you have you have your answer at that point. Yeah, this makes me remember so much because I did psychology and I have a minor in social work and it makes me remember a lot of CBT, which is cognitive behavior therapy, right? Which cognitive behavior therapy comes from the principle that you ignore your thoughts, right? And your thoughts can change your behavior. And, and but it's such a hard work 
and it is work right it is work to have this mindset it's not something that you're gonna be oh yeah i'm just gonna no it is work it is practice it is tools that you have to do maybe journal maybe writing meditation and all this kind of talking with other people like you doing with the wave group it's it's step by step right don't you agree yes the only thing i don't agree with is is it's dangerous to say that it takes work because it gives people the impression that it takes a lot of work and mm-hmm. that it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't think it's hard. Okay. But I do agree it takes it takes intention, right? Yes, it takes, yes, that's a better word. Yeah, yeah it, I agree. It, it, it certainly, you have to gift yourself with that yes. time, gift yourself yes. with that attention mm-hmm. every day. Maybe it's ten minutes a day. Maybe it's an half hour a day. Maybe yeah. it's an hour. A day. The same intention we have to have when we want to exercise for whatever reason the same intention you have to do with as we talked about health and food related right i took the intention to cut sugary carbs from my diet right no more croissants no more these things that i used to eat all the time right but they are great yes they are great but i always think about how they were making my body feel and yeah. they were not making my body feel good. You can have that instant pleasure, but in the long run was giving me issues, like health issues. So it, but it's the intention, right? And the intention when I became vegan, when people around me, oh, this is, so, the most common that I get is so hard to give up cheese, right? Well, and then you say, I understand when you say it's not hard because to me it was not hard when I thought about why I was giving up dairy, right? Why I was giving up meat, right? The intention that I have. Yeah, is it, well, it's ultimately you recognize that, okay, wait a minute. I have less joint pain when I do this. I feel mm-hmm. so much better. I, feel, yeah. I have so much more energy. I'm so much more aware. I'm so much more awake. And so it's not hard. I agree with you. People talk all the time about, well, how can you how can you resist that that big whether it's pizza or Cupcake. dessert or whatever? Yeah, it's like <laughs> you must have so much willpower. It's like no, actually, it's not about because willpower. you know I, you're gonna feel crappy. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm very very in touch with my feelings. I know exactly what that's gonna feel like. Yeah, I know, and so that's yeah. It's yeah. not about willpower. I mean, this whole food thing we can do a whole show about it, but it's just an example of like see your intention. For example just a little i think it's easier to when you're vegan and you know when you're vegan you have to do a lot of choices and something that i didn't care about was meat but something that i missed was fish and Mm. and here and there i can think about it and i know it's good and i know it's actually good for you depending on where the fish comes from but when i think about that the population of fish is decreasing the sea and animals other animals are dying because of it and then that intention to me is more powerful than just my gut desire to have fish, right? So that is what we have to think about. What is your intention other than whatever you want to do yeah, at the also, moment? Also, you're not wrong, right? But also you don't have to give up fish 100% of the time. You could just say, okay, I'm exactly, going yeah. to do it once a week or yeah. every other week. Once a month, and whatever, I say it to people, like some people are like, wow, I I don't like to miss your animals, but I, I can't. I say to people all the time, look, if you eat once a week, once a week 
you are helping actually global warming once a week. But before we run out of time, I want to talk so much about the inner child because we talked about, and I think it has to do with what we've been talking about, things that we have to do to bring our inner child back. And what do you mean by that? And this has so much to me related to painting and art journaling because I love art journal because it's a, art journal is a, is a process that it helps you heal, but also it brings the inner child play. Because when you're just in the art journal, you're not painting on a canvas, you're not painting on an expensive paper with expensive paint. You are just doodling, pushing cheap paint around you bring the inner child because the inner child i say to people when i did classes before of our journal bring that inner child and what i say to them is don't think about anything because a child doesn't think about anything when they're painting they're just having fun they are not thinking what the other person i'm gonna have to show my art and blah 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 i want to do this awesome art journal page no so talk a little bit about that how can we bring that back you're talking about the power of non-resistant thought. Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if you have fancy paint, expensive paint, fancy paper, and you're you're painting on it, well, now you're worried about, well, am I wasting this paint or am yes. I wasting this money or uh, this paper whatnot, right? But when you're just doodling on a piece of scrap paper, yep. you're not thinking about that. Mm-hmm. It's completely non-resistant. And when you think about kids, like if you, the story I told you about my brother who used to just scribble, scribble, yeah, scribble. Yeah, yeah. And, and then cut it out, and his cutout picture would look amazing. But the actual picture with the that he had it was supposed to the assignment was he had to he had to sketch it within the lines was awful, mm-hmm. right? And so he so he failed. That was awful. It wasn't right. But but that was very completely non-resistant. He was like, "How? What is the fastest way for me to do this? Okay, I'm going to scribble all over the place." Mm-hmm. So no thinking, nothing. Yeah. When you talk about when you talk about inner child. I, I often just refer to it as soul, but you can say mm-hmm. inner child, but ultimately that's the place where you're in the most alignment. Mm-hmm. Because when we're, when we're born, we're born with with a specific intention. We're born with a gift yes. to give this world. We have a purpose. We're here for a reason. Yes. So when we are, but it, but when we as we get older, like my brother, right? Or you get older and you start to, society starts to slap you a little bit mm-hmm. and knock you around yeah. and tell you why you're doing it this way, you should do it that way. And then, and it starts to beat you up and beat you up and beat you up. And then yeah. eventually, I mean, if you think about, if you think about kids, toddlers, if they ask questions every, I don't know how old the kid is in the background, but they're always asking questions, questions, always. questions, questions. But by the time those kids get to high school, they don't ask a lot of questions anymore. Because oh, that's it's true. Been, it's been beaten out of them, right? They've, 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 they've seen the reactions they've gotten from the questions that they've asked. If you go to a, a first grade classroom and you ask all the kids a question, they all got their hands up. They all want to answer. They all want to say something. Yeah. You go do that. You go do that in an eighth grade classroom or a high school classroom. Nobody. Nobody. Because, because at some point after first grade, I don't know if it's second grade, depends on the person, but at some point those kids have an experience and they're made fun of, or they're mocked, or they're ridiculed, or they're given an answer that, that uh, demeans them. And so then they just, they, the path of least resistance, just stop asking questions. Yeah. So they stop asking questions. So then what happens in our society, we, we really come, we're in alignment at that age when we're mm-hmm. eager and raising our hand and we want to ask questions and we want to speak, we're, we're in alignment. Mm-hmm. We're just having fun. We're just feeling good. We're doing, we're mm-hmm. on our way. And then we get, as we get beat up, we move further and further and further and further away from out of alignment. And then we reach a point where we get so far out of alignment that that 
we recognize, whoa, the contrast here is so strong, I have to do something about it. Or we get so far out of alignment that we die. Maybe we have a heart attack. Maybe we have whatever other kind of, maybe it's cancer, whatever it ends up being. But but we got to, eventually, we bring it back into alignment. And that's why people talk about midlife crisis. It's not really a midlife crisis. It's 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 coming back into alignment. It just seems right. society has labeled it as a midlife crisis. Mm. Is a lot what do you read the work of Eckhart Tolle or watch his stuff or no? Eckhart yeah, Tolle says that he has some YouTube videos of people asking him questions. And I saw one recent that the person asked about all the strategies in the world that is happening right now. And he says, that, of course, there are extremes of out of consciousness. This is an example of stream out of consciousness. When you're so extreme out of consciousness, you are thinking so... The person was asking about people that he was a doctor that worked in Afghanistan. So talking about how can a person get to the point that put a bomb in their bodies, right? So he was saying that, of course, can exist people that are so out of consciousness that they create another. They are totally out of... Their ego took completely their mind and their soul and everything. I love Eckhart Tolle teachings. He's very CBT-like. He has a famous book, The Power of Now, that we should... The now is the one that exists, right? We are not our thoughts and all all this kind of... I I love his work a lot and Byron Katie as well. And Byron Katie, she has a premises that it's about three questions. So... When you were talking about that, maybe the person can stop and ask the question, is that true? And she says for you to meditate about it. Think about it. Just think about it. Stop. Because the first reaction when people are talking to her is, yes, it's true. I said, well, let's meditate about it. Imagine yourself in that situation. Think again where you are, that situation, that person said that to you, whatever it is. Now I'm going to ask you again. So and so doesn't love you. Is that true? And then the person thinks and meditates. And How would you be without that thought? Is the third question. Right? I love her work because it's so simplistic. But the basis of her work... And by the way, if you're listening to this, you, if you go to Byron Katie, you can get the worksheet to do this work. There is a series of questions and they, they, for you to meditate about it and write about it. And she has examples of how this work is done on YouTube, Instagram, all over. I have her books. They are absolutely amazing. But I think what she means with this is what you said. It's about recognize how is that far helping you in that moment, right? When you go to that fair, when you, and you're thinking, oh, this sucks that I have to be here and I didn't sell anything yet. How is that far helping you in that moment? So it's about recognizing really, right? I think it's kind of what you're saying, that inner child, we have to stand back and say, okay, wait a minute, am I taking this too seriously? That's why when I, I did this course with a store in, in California, I did actually my whole workshop of our journal in a composition notebook that is $1. <laughs> so, and it has lines, right? In the paper, the paper is not white, the paper is cheap. It curls when you put acrylic paint. But I told them the reason why my workshop is done with this paper and this is because I don't want you to take this too seriously. I want you to have fun. 
And then from this, you can get ideas. I do. I use, I use cheap notebooks to gather ideas, colors, backgrounds. And then you can take it to the better paper. But it's just to have that fun, that connection, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you're, you're, you're right. To me, it, it comes down to... It's all of these things are super connected, right? Whether yeah. you're talking about thoughts and feelings and and what feels good, what doesn't feel good, and just being aware and recognizing when something happens to you, somebody says something, well, wait a minute, what, what the, so, so what people tend to do is, they tend to identify these negative thoughts, and then they bake in it, and then they say, oh, what, what does that mean, what is this, why does that feel like that, oh, let me think more about that, let me think why that's bad, and why that hurt me, and why that upset me, all you're doing is baking it. It's like we talked about at the beginning. Now you're spiraling downward because you're mm -hmm. just baking in that negative thought. Whereas yes. the, the the better solution would be to what if you could live a life to where you filtered out those non-serving thoughts and you filled them and replaced them with serving thoughts. And then you became better and better and better and better and better because you didn't focus on the non-serving thoughts yes. and it becomes really challenging when we have families and we have kids especially we like to we like to think that the rules don't apply because mm -hmm. we have family and we have kids but the rules are the same the, the, yeah. the kids are human beings they're people yes we have a responsibility to raise them okay of course but but we don't control their feelings. They gotta, they gotta learn to get in touch with their own feelings. They have to develop that relationship with their own emotions and their own feelings. Yes, believe me, when you have an autistic child, then you really learn how to let go of that. Yeah. <laughs> Expectations and what you wish of things would be. So Patrick, for us to end here, I just wanna leave people with some little things that they can do today. How they can, if they, this is new for them, they never heard about this like what do you think they could start doing practical thing today to get start paying attention on that the mindset and bringing the inner child back so much of it is about and it's cliche right but people say oh you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with right mm -hmm. so much of it is about is about your environment and about what you're, what you're putting into your ears, what you're putting into your body through your eyes, mm -hmm. what you're, not only that, you're breathing, the way that you breathe, every single thing that goes into your body, whether it's through your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, is all critical. I would say where to start, the place to start is to really just sit down with a piece of paper and identify and, and not every single thing in your life. And, mm -hmm. and, and you have a piece of paper with, with two columns, one of them is 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 column of, of things that are serving you. That, you know, maybe maybe they're not even in your life yet, but things that you want because you imagine that they would serve you, right? All these good mm -hmm. things that make you feel like a million bucks, right? Mm -hmm. Give you energy. And then on the other column, things that a little bit of a drain. Even if you can love the person, you can love the person all you want. It could be your mom, it could be your dad, mm -hmm. it could be whoever. But 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 list them out as either serving or non-serving in that way. Yeah. And, and then, and then just start with the easiest thing on the non-serving list. That's annoying, mm -hmm. right? Maybe it's maybe it's going to the library at a certain time on a certain day or something so simple. And then and then get rid of it, right? Get rid of that one thing, or figure out a way to convert that into a serving thing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think is that's the, it's like people talk about uh, what's his name Dave Ramsey talks about credit card debt. Like the the best approach is to there's a name for it. I just don't remember what it is. But basically, pay off the smaller card debts first, right? Get those wins, get those wins, and then mm-hmm. and then attack the bigger ones. This is the same way. Start really small. You start really small with with okay, where can what what first of all, just doing that exercise and identifying what's non-serving will help. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at all these things that in my life that are not serving. I'm not ready to cut my mom out of my life right now at this moment, right? That's not that's so that's not really feasible. Yeah, that could be feasible three years from now if things don't change, right? Mm-hmm. But start start at the bottom list. Don't worry about the, the heavy stuff. Just worry about the easy stuff and kind of mosey through there that yeah. way. Maybe one thing a week. I would say that's kind of where that's the important thing. The important thing is to start where you can be successful, and that's that's the benefit of having a coach because they can identify where yes. you are. I, I see it all the time. People. People get impatient, and people want to—they want to go from zero to a hundred right away, and and they because they want the result. I get that, but but it's really really important to get those small wins and to understand where you are and come to grips with where you are. It's like they talk about with alcoholics, right? We always say the first step to alcoholism, alcoholism is, is curing it, is recognizing you have a problem, right? So in this case. You don't have to necessarily recognize you have a problem, but you do have to become aware of all of these things. And the small things are big, uh, mm-hmm. small things add up. So that's probably good. Yeah, that is great. I actually took a note here. Again, the power of journaling, because when we journal, yeah. I, I believe this when we journal, we get this connection between the brain and the paper and we kind of stop to think about and journal and think about things. I'll put this in the note actually, because I wrote here, I will actually do that exercise, but it's really great. It's really great the thought of thinking about things that are not serving you and can be small things that are not serving you. Maybe it's, so, like, maybe it's that so croissant <laughs> that's not yeah. serving you. So one of the things we talked about earlier in the conversation was about cliche statements and about buzzwords, right? Yes. And look, I understand, I agree. Journaling is very powerful, so is meditation. Right. Mm-hmm. But you have a large segment of the population out there who, and maybe some of your listeners, I don't know, who they hear, oh, I got to do journaling. I got to do meditation. No, hell no, I'm not doing that. I've had people, I've had people call me before and say, hey, I need help with this. Can you help me? I got this going on, that going on. Said, but, and before I can even answer and say anything, but you're not going to make me do meditation, are you? You're not going to make me, I'm not doing that meditation stuff. Right. So, so. It's really, really important to meet them where they are. And some people aren't even ready to hear the right. words meditation. They aren't even ready to think about journaling. And I can tell you, I was one of those people. I, I can tell you, five years ago, if you'd have told me that I was good that about, if you'd have even mentioned meditation or journaling, I would have laughed at you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been here. So you have to meet people. People have to be kind of be put in a position to yeah. succeed, get a meeting with it. So I think you can start just thinking about one thing, one thing that's not serving you today. And yeah. how can you change that or big steps that changing that? If it's yeah. food, if it's personal life, if it's in your art, what is not serving you today? Sometimes it's just telling bad words to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think also is how can we be more kind with ourselves? That's something that is missing a lot today as well. People sometimes too they need to be so perfect and exceed and have to work a lot and things like that. 
I think there's we have to be have more empathy with ourselves and with others, but be kind as well. You mentioned a big point, right? A big a big part of this is about grace and about giving yes. yourself and about not 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 destroying your growth because of perfectionism, right? Yes. Which we all have a tendency Absolutely. to do. I certainly had a tendency to do that. Absolutely. So, granting grace is really critical. Yes. So if people wanna talk to you in your website, they can send you an email, right? You have a contact form there, right? I saw. Yeah. So let's get fitfaced.com. I'll put in they the can, notes. They can go, they can book a call from letsgetfitfaced.com. Mm -hmm. They can email us at gettingfitfaced at gmail.com or they mm -hmm. can just connect on LinkedIn as well. So Okay, uh, yes, okay, great. Patrick, thank you so much. This was so delightful. So many things yeah, for could, us to think about. We could talk, we could talk all Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> you certainly have to come back again. There is many points that I would like to go deeper, but I think this was a great introduction. We could talk a little bit more about some points, but it is amazing. And thank you so much for coming to the podcast and telling this message to the viewers, to the viewers and to the listeners. <laughs> Hey, thanks for this family. It's fun. It's always fun to talk about this stuff. And yeah, uh, and by the way, you also live in Florida, like me, in Miami, right? Yeah, what, we're about it... an hour away, hour and a half away. Yeah, thank you so much. And I'll, I'll, we're gonna talk again. We're gonna keep talking about this. Yeah, great. Yeah, thank you so cool. much. Ah, right, Jen, thank you. Thank Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you listening to the podcast all the way here to the end. And I would like to thank you so much and to help us spread the word about the podcast. You can share on Instagram and tag me. I would love to share as well and take a screenshot and tell me what you're doing while you're listening to the podcast or leave us a review an Apple podcast. We really appreciate if you could do that. It really helps spread the word about the podcast. I will talk to you on the next episode.